0: Welcome to the show, Cybersecurity Where You Are. I'm Sean Atkinson, CISO here at the Center for Internet Security. And I'm joined by Tony, host with the most. Tony, how are you, sir? (laughs) Great,
1: thank you, Sean. Good good to catch up with you and to talk a little bit. uh, The topic's gonna be a fun one, I think.
0: Yes, so we are talking about RSA. So we've got Mm -hmm. the uh, RSA conference, more specifically, coming up at the end of April. Um, we wanted to review that conference with our audience in terms of how to get the most out of it, what you can expect to see. I'm also giving a talk. I'll give a little preview about what we're doing there, but uh, I'll give you the date and time and make sure all of the audience is there uh, egging me on in terms of uh, doing some good work with respect to my presentation. But, uh, Tony, you've... Um, been at RSA for uh, a number of years. Talks, um, you know, uh, working and mentoring with others. Uh, you've mentioned that on the podcast before. So I think really the ultimate question is: How do I, as an attendee, get the most out of my RSA experience?
1: Well, it's a great question. You know, it's it's such a uh, uh, an overwhelming trade show experience, right? At least for our our industry. And uh, so it's easy to, you can keep busy without even a second thought, just sort of show up. But it took me a while to catch on to it as a major work event, as opposed to a, a sales and show event, because everybody was there. And here's the, here's the quick story of the first time I went. I haven't gone as many years as you might think. And the reason is, now, uh, folks from my part of the National Security Agency were there, because it was we really started with a focus on cryptography. And so you can imagine that we had lots of really bright folks out there and uh in our organizations at nsa we had a a position called the technical director so you'd have the senior manager and typically would you know in most technical organizations you'd have a a non-manager senior technical person you know an executive level person who was who would help with technical health and setting the direction of the organization and that kind of stuff and uh, so we had a fellow named neil that, that went out there uh, and was, I don't know how many of those pins and so forth he has, but, you know, he's been been to all of them. And, you know, so uh, just to how, tell you how far back this goes, this was in the days of, I don't know if you're old enough, Sean, to remember these, like these gigantic Solaris laptops. I mean, yes. they were big honking things, you know, and they, you know, the lights would dim when you turned the power on kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, so N- Neil is, it, number one, is a brilliant guy. Still is. He's, he's the tech director at the cybersecurity division at the agency still. And he's also one of the most productive smart people I've ever met, which is a pretty amazing thing. But anyway, so Neil would go to this thing early because he was our, our guy that we would send out there and kind of became a habit. And it's partly his his nature and a, and a work habit. He would write the most amazing summary of what he saw at RSA. In the government, we call that trip report. And I mean. I'm talking, you know, 50 pages, 60 pages and up. And, you know, someone who knew as much math as I ever did and certainly vastly more computer science and just a really smart fellow. And, you know, he would um, summarize a bunch of really complex topics. And, you know, here's what I saw out there. And the show was not as big in those days, but it was plenty big. And at some point I realized uh, his trip report, which he would write on this honking, you know, Sun Solaris laptop, uh, usually on the way home. Uh, Would become must read for lots of senior people, and so at some point, uh, you know, we were sending Neil out there, and I said, you know what? And and this is really the way I thought, Sean. I know it sounds terribly hokey, but I thought I can't justify spending taxpayer money to go to RSA when I would be better off spending the afternoon reading Neil's trip report. (laughs) And so it 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 was in the inbox of like lots of executives, but at some point, and I was this was around late, very late '90s, early 2000. I was starting to look outside the building more. So we had created uh, kind of the, one of the spiritual ancestors of CIS benchmarks. We call them NSA security guides. Uh, the first ideas I was thinking about around software automation and, uh, and operations were starting to come into my head. And the industry was starting to mature around topics like that. And I just thought, you know, I should really go out there and see what's going on. And to to rationalize, you know, my, again, the taxpayer dollars spent, I I literally walked the floor for about two and a half days, in addition to all the talks, trying to find every vendor I could find that had some uh, connection to uh, to, uh, configuration management, particularly for operating systems, and uh, notions, the early notions of software automation. And that really turned out to be number one. It was a way to keep myself busy and sort of have a thing to focus on, which is my standard advice to people: like go there and look for something. You know, what is it you 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 think you need, or what do you think sounds intriguing? But it by the end of that couple days, number one, my feet were worn out, but I had really enjoyed, and the ideas that I was chewing on, you know, got a lot of back and forth, and I just thought, man, and I came out of there with a lot of. You know, just uh, had done a lot of thinking. I was away from the office. Uh, Back then, you know, you were not constantly tethered back to the office also. But it really gave me a chance to focus in on an area that turned out to be, you know, a central part of what I was managing for the next several years. And uh, so it became a thing. Hey, I, I need to do this again. So I didn't go every year, but almost every year. And also coming from a closed society like NSA, it turned out it was vastly easier to meet vendors and throw ideas around out there than it was to invite them into my office back at Fort Meade, Maryland. And so, you know, it became like several months of planning ahead of time for my poor office administrator or executive assistant to pack in. I mean, my schedule looked like okay, it, you know, you're having coffee with this guy at Mel's, you're having tea here at the Starbucks on this corner. You're, you know, it just was just jam packed. But it turned out to be really uh, time efficient for me. You know, for what I was, what I was trying to do. So that's what I remembered. And I, you know, back to your question, then the the notion is, you know, you can go for the experience, and it's a, it's a, you know, everyone in the industry should kind of, you know, s- simmer in the stew that is RSA, right, to get a sense of what's important. But having a plan, sort of, what am I looking for, gives you a way to target your days, right, to really focus in on the the presentations. I mean, there's still great technical talks. Uh, it's it's a little overwhelming to get through the schedule, right? To see the things that you want to do, but I also recommend uh, any, um, especially young people that go, you know, catch catch the keynotes. A lot of people skip them, but you know, I've I've always really f- uh, found interesting the presentation by the senior most people in the industry or government, and you know, some of that stuff is you know P- PowerPoint engineering, right? It's professionally prepared by you know, a room full of people and all that kind of stuff. But it gives you a sense of the way the industry sees itself and presents itself. And I think that's a, you know, for me, that was kind of a, an awakening experience, right? To really see the, the keynotes and to to get a sense for, you know, the way senior people in the industry talk about where things are going. I, I, I found that it's not that their predictions are any better, but. It, it is shaping the language and the kind of big momentum and the, the currents and what's happening out there. So, so I've always tried to then treat it as a, as a planned work event. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's sort of the basic starting point for me on, on uh, how I've approached it, but, but you've come at it, you know, really as a working guy in this area, for me, it was sort of like a exploratory, but you're, you're usually in a job where you're looking for something, right. Or you're trying to get some insight into it. Into tools that might help you, or trends that that might affect your work. So my guess is your first experiences were a little different than mine.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Tony. It's a um, I love the the term melting pot because it is. I, I mean, there's some great sessions there. There's technical sessions, bird of a feather. There's where you sit down, you're, you're literally just talking as a as a group. And there's uh, I think there's a lot to be had from RSA. I really do. Um, again, I think you've got to um, I think your first is to experience the size and just the awe of this is cybersecurity now as an industry, uh, and then uh, you know subsequent times you're you know finding those patterns of uh, to your point you know meeting people coordinating um, those um, respective tools and. and one of the things, you know, I'll give some awareness to it is kind of buzzword bingo, you know, that there's going to be zero trust. Uh, I think uh, if it's not mentioned in every session, I'd be surprised. But that's just, you know, that that's just uh, the nature of the beast ultimately. But one of the things I like to do is um, uh, I like to have a specific topic for each day. Uh, and then I look for representative uh, of the four days. So Monday through Thursday is uh, when I'll be in attendance. And It's looking to see, well, what is provided on representative days to help guide me to a respective subject. So I may be looking at, uh, you know, telemetry, log management, um, event management. One day, you know, what are we doing in the space? What are the talks? Uh, Who can I talk to? Uh, And representatively, who of the vendor community that works with us you yeah, wants to sit down, talk, talk about ideas, talk about uh, future plans, functionality, features, and things of that nature. Wonderful. Next day, you know, different perspective. Maybe I'm looking at cyber threat intelligence. What are we doing this day? What can we do in this space? Is there anything uh, new? What type of talks are there? Uh, and get myself up to speed. Yeah. Um, And so I kind of go through that pattern uh, of looking. And I do, uh, in some cases, the birds of a feather, very, very useful. I mean, you're, you know, you're literally sat there with peers talking about issues. Um, Some have solved them. Some are still in positions of uh, less maturity, as it were, looking to advance. You know, the whole reason I'm here is to solve this respective problem. Um, You know, I've been to 20 different vendors. I got 20 different ideas what makes sense being able to do peer to peer, I think is uh, very, very interesting and very useful. Uh, I think you build, um, it it really should emphasize the fact that this is a community. Uh, Again, it's you know, there's a trade show, massive floor. I mean, you could spend your entire four days just walking the floor uh, to understand the, uh, you know, who's there and what are they offering. Um, And, uh, but ultimately it's, uh, you know, it should be a networking event uh, again, there's obviously entertainment at night uh, that is either put on by representative vendors for everybody to, you know, in a more relaxed forum, uh, talk about work or talk about struggles and things of that nature. And uh, it's again, I think you have to address it, though, in the fact that it's um, it's you'll be busy. I mean, like you say, Tony, there's not going to be a moment where if you say, oh, I've got a free hour here, I wonder what I should do. You're deciding what to do within that hour um, in order to get maximum value, as it were, because it's, again, like you say, it's a a business requirement and, you know, it's not cheap to be there, but it's the value you get is certainly can pay off uh, tenfold.
1: Yeah, it's like, so like you're you're planning around a topic, you know, and and, um, as you said, sort of balancing that with the, we'll call it the targets of opportunity, right? People that you run into, something that you hadn't anticipated that you see uh, mentioned in a talk or on the floor. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, again, it's a, it is a trade show, <laughs> but I found it to be physically and mentally exhausting because of all this, you know, energy to, uh, sort of try and keep up with all that. And I think, um, yeah, in fact, it's, it's not unusual to come back physically ill afterwards. I'm just so exhausted. Now, I must admit last year I came back and had COVID, but that, that wasn't <laughs> necessarily exhaustion. That was more like pandemic uh, <laughs> to the tail end of the worst. But yes. it was so, um, so fun to be kind of, kind of be back in the buzz, right? The energy that, that is part of the event there. You certainly don't get the same flavor doing, the, doing that. And you can't do the same scale of interaction online. You know, there's, there's you have to there's a plan, there's an agenda and, uh, you know, there's WebEx in front of you all the time. So so I think that's it. One of the things that you and I had talked about earlier, Sean, uh, you know, another t- occasion was about uh, people who are uh, t- typically early in their careers going for the first time or you know, early in this. And, uh, you know, when when I was managing groups back then, to say my hope was to keep rotating sort of more junior people to go. Now, partly that was, you know, again, government's used to thinking of itself as the center of the universe and kind of a closed society. Getting out there and sort of being a part of that, you know, alerts you to, wait a minute, there's a big industry out here. You know, we're not we're not doing this alone from inside the government. We're part of a bigger wave. And I think that was an important lesson. And But what I would do, and I, again, when I was young, I found it a little overwhelming, you know, trade shows in general, not necessarily RSA, because that was a later stage for me but so what I would try to do I, uh, you know in the in our prior nonprofit before we brought the controls into cis I mentioned um, you know one habit was I'll call it uh, dragging the young people around the floor <laughs> you know I, I think it was Monday they had like a, a um, some sort of welcome reception or something like that and I would offer in fact I did this to a couple other company friends you know other government retirees who had uh, were out there and had sort of young people. And I said, you yeah, know, but if you're interested, I'm going to meet, you know, several people at this spot after the that um, Monday reception opens up and just walk the floor. And if they're interested, you know, I'll be happy to give them the old guy's perspective on what I'm seeing. You know, is this something that's been around before, but in sort of new clothing or, you know, what seems to be the trend? And the idea was to to help them with a kind of an easy... You know, it was a social hour, but it was also a chance to to do the first walkthrough to get a sense for what's out there and then start to plan to say, you know, uh, know, I would throw out things like, you know, this this kind of stuff that they're talking about. Here's the kind of questions I would ask, you know, or here's where I would here's how I put that in perspective. This kind of work is neat, but it's it's not very useful unless you have done this other kind of work. You know, a lot of that's around if you don't have good foundations of defense, threat intelligence doesn't help you a lot, right? You, you need to have both. So it was to try and bring both a historical and, uh, you know, professional context there. And, and it was just a fun thing, you know, to walk around with, with uh, people who have fresh eyes for that sort of thing and to get a sense for the, uh, the, um, uh, the excitement. When, and then uh, a thing that I really liked that we did once CIS started to go out there in, you know, more than a couple numbers was to try and maintain a conversation among the employees that were out there you know, maybe through Slack channels or, you know, text or emails, just, Hey, anybody see anything interesting? You know, that kind of stuff. And so I think that allows us and as a company to plan our time better and to sort of, You know, you guys sort of scout this stuff. We'll look for this stuff and let me know if you see anything. You know, kind of a chance. But you've been a part of that conversation also, Sean. And any feedback on that, or how does that help you as the CISO for for the
0: company? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've got a ton of contacts from uh, the booth, as it were. And I like to hang out by the booth. Uh, You know, if I do have that hour, I always make sure each day that I've got time at the booth just to meet with people and. you know, start a conversation, support our folks um, that are, you know, doing presentations at the booth itself, going through our products and services and things of that nature. So it's absolutely wonderful. It's, And I love the people, you know, who are really new coming to the organization from CIS in the vendor space there, uh, coming in and being able to, uh, you know, representatively understand, well, who are you? We, we've not heard. And I, it, I love starting the narrative about... Well, let's let me take you on a little journey here and through the history. And, and again, I'm not as good a historian as you, Tony. Uh, I mean, you uh, were the founder, as it were. I I, I always reference, and again, I always do reference Tony in this, these conversations because it, it's um, it's so funny. <laughs> Is it's uh, you say, oh oh CIS, and I said, yeah, you know, we, we do this work, and you know, our chief evangelist. Oh, Tony, yeah, and it's like I, it's you. Literally, you could um, within a ten foot radius. Someone knows Tony at RSA. Oh. It is hilarious, but oh. I, I love
1: that. <laughs> the, the the running joke, like post RSA, I'll share with you. My my uh, office manager at the time. So the running the running slang back in my office was, "It's another FOTS on the line." <laughs> FOTS? Friend of Tony Sager. Yeah, they said they ran into your RSA and and you told them they should drop in or give you a call. So it's FOTS. I'm a friend of. Uh, well, that you know, one day you too will be old, Sean, and have have many friends across the industry. But it also reminds you that you know, there's a there's a term I use. I don't use it as, as it was written, as I learned it. Uh, high tech, high touch. I think it was in um, Future Shock or one of those books, and and the context was a little bit different. But for me it was really clear that the more high tech the business has become the more uh, relationships actually matter you know and that's a fog thing right that was one of my yeah. themes is that there's so much going on that you need some way to sort through it and a lot of that you know you talked about uh, birds of a feather right meeting with uh, friends and or people who are in similar uh, jobs as yours i mean the value of that is off the charts you know because you know okay they got a job like mine they have the same struggles Uh, they've struck out with two solutions and they found something that works, right? You'd love to hear that story. And so being able to, to find that, I think is a really good one. And then the, the, you know, the, um, I really like your point about uh, showing up at the, at the CIS booth. And I do that fairly regularly too. You know, you see somebody in a, in a, you know, a, a target of opportunities. They walk by, Oh, you know how you doing? And we should get together. Uh, I just can't stand one more coffee meeting or, or the caffeine is going to send me through the roof. <laughs> so I say, Hey, I'm going to be at our booth at three o'clock this afternoon. You know, why don't you swing by if you want to talk? Yep. Number one, you find out who's serious, right? Who really wants to talk to you because it'll actually show up. And I'd say the, you know, batting average is maybe 40%. Uh, but it's a neat place to be, you know, it helps the folks that work our booth, right? Cause they're trying to convince people of the value we can provide. And you are probably like a lot of the people who are seeking value at that booth, but it also gives you a chance to, you know, to sound out, to hear what customers are asking for, you know, from CIS. So I think that's a, you know, a particularly valuable thing is to just show up there, right. To, hey, what are people asking about? You know, what is they should do or that kind of thing. I think it's a wonderful uh, yeah, opportunity, but this idea of, you know, building uh, personal relationships, sort of a personal touch I and mean, that's you know as you know it's cis i mean people ask um you, you know about the work that we do i say hey you want to meet who uh, the person that actually runs the controls team or you know who, who's the team leader for the benchmark for whatever piece of technology it's like what yeah you know it's so and so you know and uh, to, to personalize the business a bit i think is also important right we're not a yeah. massive government agency or a you know huge think tank you know, in a fancy building in uh, downtown DC, it's a pretty grassroots kind of activity that started CIS, and I think we still have that kind of flavor to the, you know, to the culture, right? That we're we're part of the environment here and so helping people. So so meeting folks, you know, up up close, I think, is also a, a part of it. I had a similar story when I was at NSA at the time, and I, I I went to speak at a conference and, you know, meet this meet this fellow, and we made the connection about what he did. Turns out he he ran um, the network infrastructure for a massive, massive, I'll say three massives retailer. And he used, it turned out, the NSA router guide as the basis for the configurations for their routers. And he's like, wow, you we made the connection where yakking and he goes and I said to him, hey, would you like to meet the author? And he's literally his jaw just like what? Yeah, uh, you know, he'd love to hear from you. I'll get, I'll get him on the phone. You can check. And and he just had this notion of like this anonymous government agency off somewhere else doing things. And, you know, he happens to download their stuff and use it. I said, no, it's, it's you know, he, I named three or four people that worked on that project and anyone of them would love the chance to hear what your experience is and so forth. And and that became a, a deliberate activity, right? To get to personalize, uh, to sort of help help us both understand what the problem is that people are trying to solve, but also to humanize the, the work that we're doing. So I, I love that. Definitely. um, Do you have any things that you're looking for this time? So I know we're going to see, you know, it would have been all zero trust until uh, ChatGBT popped up. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my. It could be like a battle (laughs) of the buzzwords here. uh, So I'm not quite sure what what to expect. So, Sean, what do you think you see?
0: Yeah, I I think you're right. I I think it's, you know, it's the uh, large language model applied to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, well, let's train that model on behavior of your underlying network. We'll start anomaly detection from here and we'll produce an automated narrative through the respective tool and we'll get to SOAR integration i think um that'll be very interesting i I, again uh one of my days is automation Uh, and the other buzzword that i'm looking for just to see what as it starts creeping is quantum i'm just starting to see you know where is that coming into the frame um you know uh how long do i you know Need to stop thinking about bits and thinking about qubits before um, you know. I have to update the uh, the old knowledge bank here with uh, the, those respective tools. Um, so it'd be interesting, but yeah, there's. Um, I don't think there's going to be lack of topics. I mean, I've just, looking at the schedule, such a diversity and rich, um, you know, uh, topics that can be discussed. It, it's uh, going to be a very interesting day. In some cases. As I mentioned, I was doing a daily schedule of, oh, I'm going to do this this day. Mm -hmm. There happens to be one. I'm looking at risk management one day, quantification. Well, that's on the Monday when I'm looking at respective, you know, logging and event management. But I'll jump into that one because it's, I don't want to miss it. And there's, you know, really then at the end of those, I really like to connect with the speakers uh, just to get their thoughts. And uh, in a lot of cases, and I don't know if you've seen this as well, Tony, I, I like going to the talks and then i hear cis's name mentioned i love that i'm like oh, this is fantastic i've got to go talk to them and just say hey i appreciate it uh, the support and your utility of respective products or service that we provide uh, you know just introduce myself and and you know we'd uh, love to talk to you more about this and like you say you know scheduling at the booth i think is great and uh, another advantage uh, this year is i will be doing some small podcast recording. So, if you uh, any of our audience members uh, want to be part of uh, this podcast, um, I will be there recording, recording sorry, short snippets as it were of uh, your thoughts, uh, how you're liking the event, and uh, uh, I think Chad, I, I think I'm the roving reporter. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a, a podcast. <laughs> I love it. I don't know how that's going to go, Tony, but we'll we'll try. <laughs> yes, sir. I think
1: we'd put you in a special CIS shirt, maybe some technology hanging off your backpack or something like that, yeah. little antennas. And I can picture that. Yeah. No, you're, you know, your your point, Sean, is a really important one uh, about uh, following up with speakers, right? Because again, we're the the way CIS uh, started and has grown has been pretty organic, right? Sort of bottom up. And so we would never claim to know everything that people are using it for, right? A lot of this happened not because we uh, sold a membership or, you know, reached out to somebody, but because they looked at it, right. and they said, Oh, this makes sense. I'm going to you know, start down the path with CIS. But I, I always, once, once again, this was a NSA thing, but it, I think it also applies to CIS. So at least at NSA, I was one of the few, um, you know, senior managers who was out in the public a lot around this kind of stuff. And I would hear these things, right. And Hey, with NSA, you might get the villagers with pitchforks and torches, or you might get the, Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. But, uh, I realized that it was an important responsibility to bring stuff back to the workforce. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what people think of us. Here are the problems they're trying to solve. Here's the role that they see for us or what they're not happy about. And to really bring that back to the workforce, because most did not get that opportunity. And you couldn't send that many people out into the public for both security and financial reasons. But I think also, you know, that's, that's something we, we could probably do a little more with at CIS. You know, make sure that we sort of catch our breath afterwards and say, what did we, what did we really hear? You know, both about us, but also about the mission and the needs of the uh, adopters and and the community out there that we're trying to serve. So that is challenging, again, because there's such a, you know, a large, uh, bursty noise channel happening all at once. But I think that's that's part of the uh, after action that you want to spend time. I uh, think oh, about that.
0: Yeah, no, I think, you know, the the report, I don't think I'm writing 50 pages. Oh, no, no. And However, I don't think it's going to be as eloquent either. But you're absolutely right. The follow-up is critical. And this is the other piece as well, Tony, is, you know, when people are reaching out to you, here's my business card, or, you know, can I connect with you on LinkedIn? Absolutely. The follow-up after the show, I think, is as near important as the show itself. The reason I say that is, you know, we're really trying to create, you know, connections, as it were, we're trying to advocate for respective security maturity across a number of elements. Community defense model, you know, I want to promote that as much as possible because it's not only the right thing to do, but it's the best thing to do in a lot of cases. And that integrates across a number of industry verticals. And so one of the things I do like to do is when someone, you know, in some cases, you know, I'm stood at the booth just, you know, talking to people, and in some take it's, you know, uh, maybe apprehensive or, you know, I don't necessarily want to bother anybody, but those that do come up. And I would say, you know, if I'm available, you, you can see, you know, if I'm wearing my badge and it says Sean Atkinson and uh, I'm by the booth or wherever I am, by all means, stop. Hey, just wanted to give you this feedback or this is not so good. But the follow-up after the fact, I think, is as critical as it is having that initial talk. And the reason I say that is we want to build... This community. We want to be able to work together. We're not all here just doing this alone. We need each other in order to succeed. And so I feel that, you know, just taking cards and, oh, oh look, I just got all these cards, you know, business cards representatively. Uh, no, it's not enough. It's, you've got to do the follow up. So the after action, the after report, and the also the um, after connections are truly ones that you want to uh, really, uh, really cherish those things because it's, uh, it's, not only going to enforce elements of communication, community, uh, and even creating volunteerism, in which a lot of our foundation is based on that, because it's we need the community and we need the feedback to improve. Um, so that for me is is a big takeaway. So I spend the next week when I come back organizing and respective reach out to re, uh, to uh, attendees who I've talked to. Um, again, I'll I'll start my after action report. I'll send that to you, Tony. You'll have to say, "Well, this is not as good as what I've seen before, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's a good start."
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> Sean, you're much more uh, organized and disciplined. But, <laughs> but, but you're you're right again. The whole the whole model, and you're you know you're you're eloquently speaking to the really the, the principles behind CIS. Right? You know, it's not about the size of the business that we create. It's really about um, helping people manage this complex challenge in front of them. And, uh, you know, if you remember one of my uh, old lines, right, the, the business is old enough now, it's hard to have a unique problem or an original thought. And that says, you know, we're not alone, right? This, this shared problem, right? We're all connected and flawed technology and complicated uh, business connections and determined bad guys. We're all facing that same problem. And that's more than bumper sticker and kumbaya. It's, it's true. It's literally true. And so that gives us you know, this sort of large scale of social and economic concern, but it's also the opportunity to learn from each other, right? To take action at scale. But, you know, I, someone was asking me like, well, how do you guys pick stuff to do? It's, you know, in best practices and so forth. I said, yeah, I, for a long time, my, my strategy was look around for problems that enterprises seem to have to solve, but there's no business or no reason why they should have to solve it by themselves. You know, it doesn't make sense. You know, look at benchmarks, right? What, what how many companies have the kind of people that we could assemble under a volunteer team to look at a complicated thing like a Windows 10 desktop and figure out the optimal way to configure it. Yep. And then support, not only, not only do that work, but codify it, publish it, and keep it current for you know, the operational lifetime, in effect. That, that is beyond the reach of even large government agencies. And, but they don't have to, right? Individual companies don't need to do that. They can just download ours. Yep. and uh, you know if they need support they can pay for it but if they don't they don't you know that that kind of thing right it's a problem do we really expect every enterprise in our economy to deal with a configuration management problem if we if we leave everyone on their own then hope it adds up to a secure whatever critical infrastructure well that, that's just terrible strategy right it'll never happen but you know, again finding these things that we all need to deal with at some level and is there a place for an independent voice, you know, a, a sort of go somewhere in the middle between government and the industry, uh, something that brings together people with both the problem and or the skill to, to, uh, to tackle it, but provides a professional infrastructure, right? For publication management and, you know, uh, and, uh, sustainment over time and all that sort of stuff. I think that's, you know, that that's what we're really trying to do here at CIS. And so the, you know, the, the trade show is a, is a way to do that. Uh, as you know, it was a couple years ago, I, I rolled out the first story about, um uh, nonprofit cyber, you know the the role that nonprofits play, not just us but lots of kindred spirits like us, you know and you're you use the work of lots of nonprofits in your day, right Cloud Security Alliance and OWASP and you know first and all these amazing groups of people right each with a sort of a, a variation on the nonprofit business model, but you know they're, Common thread is about assembling talent, creating great products and services, making them available at very large scale, and I think that's a, you know, that's a place where we could roll that story out a couple of years ago. Oh, I have to, and you you often mention, I'll have to bring it up, Sean. But I'm pretty sure it was 2014 was the actual the fog of Moore talk, the first time <laughs> yes. I rolled that story out, and at that point, it was right before joining CIS the year before. And what I was trying to do there, I, I've talked about touched it, touched on it already during this podcast, is this what to me was the growing problem of people can't figure out what to do, not because there's a lack of resources, but because they're overwhelmed by resources and a noisy marketplace and um, you know uncertain scattered action by the government and just so much complexity. And so it wasn't that that there that there weren't solutions, that you couldn't find them for the noise. And so that was the, you know, that that's the thing I was struggling with when I put together that proposal for RSA whenever it was that, you know, the summer or fall before. And I happened to look over at my bookshelf and saw The Fog of War, <laughs> that book. And I said, ah, that's what's going on. It's the, uh, it's the complexity of modern decision making, right? And back then we used the term information age, you know, about this convergence of all these different sources of information, uh, government, private, you know, uh, video, non-video, just Overwhelming, and uh, so that became a theme. You know, and I, I can't tell you how many people still come and go. Oh, you're the fog guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I I would think I could do a little better, but that, that's I'll take it. <laughs> that's the best I got. But it sort of captured a notion that again is really one of the principles behind CIS, right? That this idea that you talked about this build a community, you know, collective thinking and action is really a uh, important part. And so, yeah, I wish I could join you this year, Sean. It's uh, you know, as you know, I have vacation plans this year. Yes. Um, and, um, I love cybersecurity, but marital harmony matters even more to me. So I will be you know, bicycling with my beloved outside the country, but looking forward to, you know, watching from afar and maybe catching some of your after action discussions. Any other, any other things that you're looking for out there or that, or any other advice for the, uh, for the, uh, fair newcomers to RSA or. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think I'll take responsibility for the disappointment when, oh, is Tony here? No, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> oh, <geez. he's> not... <laughs> I, I, it was funny. I think it was, um, I'm not sure, I, it was 2018. And uh, I remember uh, this was my first time at RSA. Okay. Uh, and so this was my first introduction to uh, uh, to the behemoth, as it were. And it was, you mm-hmm. know, I was just overwhelmed by, by all means. Sure. And I was working um, with a number of our employees that were there. You know, going to the booth and working through um, respective uh, review with uh, different partners that we were uh, talking to at the time, and it was just absolutely wonderful experience. And um, it was funny that the one uh, other piece of advice I guess I give for for the talks, respectfully, is uh, uh, patience. You will be queuing, mm-hmm. and if you want to get a good seat, uh, <laughs> yes. you've got to get there early. Great and point. yes, mm-hmm. you've got to wait. And uh, but it was funny because I was in line. And, you know, you just start talking to people. It's, you know, we, we've got we've got a common interest. We're here for a reason. What do you do? Where do you work? And it was, um, I had gone to, I think, probably eight sessions over the respective four days. And okay. out of four of those, it was, oh, do you know Tony? I said, absolutely, <laughs> I know Tony. And we got talking about how they had found, and it was... Um, It was funny because one of the people I was talking to had mentioned, he said, well, I was here in 2014 and we got the Mm. fog of more and we still are going through this. And then I even respectfully today, I think, well, look at where we are. It's never been such, you know, where there is just so much that we can do and the vast amount of space where we've got new attack surfaces we've got new Mm -hmm. protection surfaces we've got new capabilities of data management telemetry we're ai enabled now and it just is wow it's you know it it, in some cases and and obviously all due respect to you and that respective talk which i owe i you know i still owe you a lot of money for because i mention it (laughs) literally every podcast but is it's like a philosophy now because it's so embedded into the narrative of where we are as an organization, where we are as an industry and each industrial vertical that points into cybersecurity, information security, privacy. I mean, there's just so many layers now. It just, uh, it permeates time uh, that respective talk. And that's just all due respect to to your observations and uh, you know, the, the thought management that went into understanding where we were, and now the fact that that's, you know, that trend has carried on uh, to where we are today. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, the awakening was also, you know, I grew up as a technologist, right, in a technically, you know, oriented approach to computer security, you know, that sort of 70s, 80s uh, thinking. And the idea was, you know, technology will save us, we'll invent the thing, right, the operating system, the whatever coprocessors or mechanisms that will... Uh, allow us to operate with confidence. But it turned out to be vastly more complicated than that. And, uh, you know, so it's a it's a good thing, right, in this, some sense that, um, you know, this is the backbone of our economy, our social lives, et cetera. Um, but, you know, if you'd have known that was happening, you'd have never have taken the approach we did, right? right. So now, would we have gotten here if we had sort of planned it in the more, you know, we have to build safety in at every step? You know, I, I think that's a fair debate. I think, uh, you know, it's a great time to be alive as an information consumer in some sense, right? The, the vast resources we have at our disposal. Of course, I'm also old enough to remember like, oh, all this information will make us wise and set us free, you know? <laughs> so, well, <laughs> that lasted about a year, I think. And <laughs> now we're, you know, we're drowning in misinformation and, yeah. you know, complexity and fog. But, but I think it is, uh, it is helpful to have a historical perspective on it and to recognize, right. It's a different problem. That's why I cringe a bit. You know, people say oh, we need a Manhattan project. We need a whatever, you know, it's not that kind of problem, right? Mm. I don't know that we need a miraculous or that we're going to get a miraculous technical solution. It's a mix of, you know, you talked earlier about the risk analysis and so forth, right? you, you know, you live at that boundary between technology and business management, right? So you have to speak to boards and you have to put your work in a decision context that resonates and competes with, you know, every dollar spent on cyber is a dollar not spent on, you know, whatever, uh, reputational risk or infrastructure growth or, you know, profit or whatever. And if you can't compete there, then we'll never make progress, right? We have to be able to look at that. So that's why roles like yours, I think, have evolved a lot over the years and are really right at the heart of where this business is going to be, you know, that, that, putting it into the right, you want to do the right thing technically, if at all possible, but that doesn't happen on its own, much to the chagrin of old fellows like me, you know, it, it really has to, you have to think of it as addressing business needs also. Absolutely. And so, you know, when you, when you find the Miracle Chat GPT based tool out there, right, it'll, it'll have to give you more than a technical answer. It'll have to integrate all this business thinking and quantification and risk, you know, and so forth, right. The risk management part of this. Oh, anyway, absolutely. so I'm. Uh, I, I will miss uh, <laughs> uh, kibitzing out there with you, uh, Sean, and uh, seeing yes. what's happening. But you know, hey, the the world will go on. Maybe I'll have another chance next year, and uh, maybe I'll I'll have a talk or two to, to put in for next time. But uh, you know, and uh, um, I think we're going to be out there in force. I think you've made an invitation to the to the listener to drop in. So I hope a number of them take you up uh, take you up on it. As <laughs> as anyone who listens to this podcast know knows, you're a, a wealth of knowledge, and a, again, a really both good representative for CIS, but also the sort of complexity of the problem. And uh, you, you can speak with great authority to the challenge of talking to boards, you know, sorting through the noise and uh, trying to make sense of security for a modern, you know, IT-based company. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's
0: um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I always um, enjoy uh, the time out there. And, and the other thing, just for uh, the, uh, just one other point Um mm-hmm. The time does go by fast. My goodness, you're like a whole week of of this. And it's like you wake up on Monday and then it's Thursday and you're, you know, either preparing to travel that night or Friday morning or you're going to stay until the weekend. And it's it's done. I mean, it it goes by in a flash. So uh, make use of every opportunity. And, um, you know, while we're here, um, just uh, I'll be talking with Chris Elgie. Uh, You may be familiar with him. A number of uh, uh, episodes with Chris here from CounterHack. Uh, And we'll be talking, um, we call it uh, a CISO's best friend, the pen tester. Uh, And we're just doing some different thought in that space with uh, respect to um, how organizations should uh, utilize external pen testers more effectively uh, in terms of uh, both threat management and understanding the uh, resiliency capability of their infrastructure and the levels that uh we need to approach in that space so it'd be great um great session it's um thursday morning i believe at 8 30 so uh, uh look for us if uh, if you wish and uh, again by all means after the talk uh, more than happy to uh, discuss with uh, anyone that's interested in thoughts with that respective topic or any other um oh. that i'll certainly provide my uh my understanding at that respective time, because it changes. Tony, my goodness, my thoughts change. The velocity within information security is—it's uh, quite amazing. Um, you know, you're—you're yeah. you're one day where you're seeing your strength, is next day is your weakness. It's uh, just uh, so. Uh, the velocity of change is uh, quite incredible. Absolutely. So yeah,
1: number number one, that, that, what a great topic you have for RSA. So oh, yeah, yeah listeners, please, you know, you're not going to get a better informed or more thoughtful discussion on that topic because if you've been around, you know, I've been around penetration testing, red teaming, what we called it back in the DoD all, all my life. Um, getting real value out of it is non-trivial, and so John and I've discussed this. I think we're going to have an episode on it one of these days to talk about how, how how best to use, you know, what is really a complicated, uh, potentially invasive and expensive uh, exercise to help you in really, uh, you know, what information do you get or could you get from that to really help drive your security program? So I think, uh, you know, great topic and... Um, you know, I'll, I'll look forward to catching the the highlights afterwards, and maybe we'll make it a topic for the for the podcast. Absolutely. So. But here's the real question: I got to close with Sean. Sure. What's going to be the swag of the year? Oh, and yes. That is, a, you know, a few years ago, it was socks were hot, and we yes. had uh, that became part of our. My uh, gosh, I'll share our company secret here. You know, photos of people in weird socks that were handed out as swag <laughs> appeared on our Slack channel. Yes. Uh, and we had sort of a contest who could find the most interesting stuff, something to keep us going. But you know, if you have any speculation about that, John, or I don't, that's a uh, really we'll good figure question. it out afterwards.
0: Yeah, I think we'll have to figure it out. It's probably um, uh, again, I'll say this in jest, but uh, a USB uh, thumb drive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, exactly. Right? Wait, it'll have ChatGPT written on exactly. the side or something. <laughs> sure, the answer to your yeah. prayers. that would be interesting. Um, again, it's always fun to see the swag and. Uh, what people are giving away. It's, uh, and it's, you know, just a lot of fun. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, John. I, I'm a little jealous, but as I said, I'll, I'll be enjoying myself and come back refreshed and ready to go and look forward to another episode with you soon.
0: Absolutely. Thank
1: you, Tony. And
0: with that, thank you again to our audience. Uh, any thoughts, suggestions, please send those to podcast at podcast.cisecurity.org. Um, subscribe to us in all the normal ways. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you are interested in learning more about how to grow your cybersecurity program, the free tools available to help you on your journey, or to get involved with the CIS volunteer community, visit
1: our website at cisecurity.org. Start secure and stay secure.